52 Traders, episode 112. And you'll find that it'll, it'll start to, tr- your emotions on the live trading chart will start to change too. Join Cam every week on the 52 Traders podcast or at 52traders.com to learn how to trade like the pros. This podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is not investment, trading, or financial advice of any kind. What's up, traders? Welcome to another installment of the 52 Traders Podcast. I'm your host, Cam Hawkins, and today we're going to have my update, so my, my November 2017 update. So I'm going to give you an update as to where my trading's at, how I'm absolutely killing it in the markets six days a week. Yes, six. No, in actual fact, I'm not killing it any days of the week at the moment, but there's going to be a whole lot of insight and lessons and learnings here in the show today that hopefully you can take away. And there's something in it for the guys that are pro members. So guys, you guys are actually going to get a full video session with my trading mentor, Andre Stewart. So you can download that and watch that on the website. Uh, You can hear that later on in the show today, everyone else. If you do want to watch the video that goes with it, it probably does, well, it ties it all together. Let's face it, it ties it all together, but that comes up a bit later in the show. So keep an ear to the ground for that if you just want to listen to the session. I've got to say, I was a little bit sleepy when we did it. Um, I shouldn't have been sleepy. Andre should have been sleepy, but I was a little bit sleepy, so it wasn't my best work. But anyway, um, we're going to have some good stuff coming up for you in a second uh, when we get underway with my November trading update. So if you haven't heard any of my trading updates before, then go back and listen to them. They're all available for free on the site, so you don't need to be a pro member to listen to them. But Um, these last few you do need to be a pro member to see the videos that come along with them so we've got Andre here on the show giving me a a, a mentoring session so you can you guys if you do want to jump on board and fast track your mentor you know your trading then I do recommend jumping on with Andre it's uh, on the site 52traders.com forward slash Andre and it'll get you straight to the page where you can sign up and get unlimited one-on-one sessions with this guy I mean look he's Come on the show, probably, we well, came on the show last year, he had, uh, he was struggling, and then beginning of this year, I found out that he was actually killing it, and doing really well, and he had taken a very, very small account, $20 in fact, to something quite significant, um, I don't know exactly where he is at the moment, but I know that, you know, this guy's doing really, really well. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of guys on there at the moment, he's opened the doors up, so the first 50 spots have gone, so they went. Uh, we've opened the doors up again to let 10 more people in. So if you do want to take uh, this mentoring on board, uh, take a, take Andre for a spin, then um, look, it's the best deal going around in terms of a trading mentor that's there to get you back. And this guy really does want everyone else to succeed just the way that he's done. Uh, what I can tell you is that one of the spots is gone, so there's only nine left. Uh, if you don't want to jump on board, then all you need to do is go onto the, the website and get access. I'll put a link to to the uh, to his um, page in the show notes as well. Right, so today, what are we going to get onto today? Well, I've got a whole bunch of stuff for you. One of the things I wanted to talk about was, um, obviously, we're going to get get an update as to my trading, where it's at, what's happening here, and then you're going to hear, you're going to listen to that uh, mentoring session at the end. But we're also going to talk about uh, some of the things that I've discovered along the way. And in particular, I did mention a trading book in my last episode, and I actually want to dive into the key insights and summary of that book. And the book 
book is, and it was recommended by uh, Peter Davies, uh, the book is um, Golf is Not a Game of Perfect. And there's a whole bunch of lessons in there. I mean, my my sort of view of golf and, and trading that you can listen to in the last episode was a little bit different. Um, definitely not along the lines of what this book teaches, but I want to go through some of the things in this book and sort of show you guys how they can apply to your trading. Right. So first up, I just want to let you know that we have a new thing. If you missed it, we've got a new thing on 52 Traders where past guests of the show are leaving predictions at the beginning of the month for the next month on a random market of their choice. So we've had 13 come in for November. So if you do want to see these videos, some of them are videos, some of them are just graphics, but most of them are videos actually, and a little bit of copy alongside it as well. So predicting where specific markets are going. We've got Bitcoin, we've got a bunch of currency pairs, so I think about six currency pairs. We've got uh, S&P 500, we've got uh, Tesla, we've got um, some random uh, Severin Trent, some stock in, in the UK. There's a whole bunch of stuff on there, guys. So if you do want to sink your teeth into that and not just get the predictions, but get the analysis and thinking behind the predictions, it will help your trading. It will help you sort of have a different view of the market. And if you obviously want to know more from these traders, you can jump on board and, and listen to their episodes. Now, so that's number one. Keep an eye out for those market predictions. I'm trying to get them out every single month. So uh, we should have one for December, January, February, going, so on and so forth, okay? Um, next one is one of the things that I've been <laughs> sort of, I've always got like these weird life hacks that I lob in here now and again just to, just to try and, um, I suppose, have a better life, have a better life. Um, feel better in in myself. Feel better around like the, if I'm in front of the markets. How can I optimize my mental state to get into the point where I'm you know on it 100% of the time. I'm ready for for whatever comes my way. And one of the latest things that I've got. And if you guys have followed me on my Facebook page, you'll know exactly what this is. Uh, this is something that I think is quite important for traders. It's uh, it's sleep. So. Getting a better night's sleep, like I've talked about it in the past, cold showers, um, taking cold showers. I'm still doing the cold showers, by the way, and I've even stretched to doing a only cold shower in the morning, only cold, not hot. Um, in the night, I might do a hot and then a cold, but in the morning, I'll just do an only cold shower, and I've got to say, it's the best wake-up call ever. Best feeling, sets you up for a perfect day. Um but we're not here to talk about the cold showers today. Today I'm talking about sleep and getting a better night's sleep. And I've been trying this thing out for a month or so. And I had it on my Facebook. So if you do want to see me with these things on, then jump over to uh, 52 Traders and find the link to Facebook. Or search for 52 Traders on Facebook and you'll see a video there. So scroll down and you'll find the video. Uh, I'll try, actually I'll try and put a, I'll tell you what, I'll put a video link to my Facebook uh, video in this uh, in this in this blog post. Now, anyway, what is it? What is it, the sleep hack? Well, the sleep hack is the sun, the sunglasses, sunglasses, basically, I'm wearing sunglasses at night from about probably nine o'clock at night, I'll start to put them on, sort of possibly 10 o'clock, depending on what time I'm, I remember to do it. But these are glasses that are sort of ultra uh, blue blocker glasses and they don't look stupid as well they actually look quite trendy and I think this is the sort of edge that these guys have got I'll put a link into these glasses as well in the show notes now 
I, the first night I put them on, I thought, here we go. This is going to be quite uh, quite good. I should get a really good night's sleep. So the idea is you block out all the blue light from about nine o'clock. So it sort of takes you back to your uh, sort of, you know, the, the, the old day, the olden days where there were no sort of blue lights, there were no screens, there were no, um, you know, uh, bulbs in the ceiling and all, all that sort of thing. So the lighting was by the fire or a candle or whatever. And the thinking is that, you know, well, not the thinking, but the, the, the math behind it, the, the science behind it is that your body starts producing melatonin. Melatonin, is that right? It's, it's the, the, sleep, the sleep drug. Um, it starts producing that. And as soon as the blue light goes, it sort of thinks, okay, well, it's in the evening. You've got the sort of, you know, the fire going. Okay, I'm going to start getting ready for bed. Now, I've done it for the first night I did it didn't really work. I think it was because I was too excited. I got the new glasses and I was like, chuck them on. It didn't really work. But when I forgot about it and looked back about a week later, I was like, oh my, this is unbelievable. I'm getting, I'd say 80% better sleeps than I was having before using these glasses. So I put the glasses on about nine o'clock go to sleep. Before I was having to listen to stuff to go to sleep, now I just put the glasses on. I don't need to listen to anything to go to sleep. I can just go to sleep pretty much straight away. Um, And then on what's more, I'm not waking up in the middle of the night, which is what I used to do all the time, sort of wake up about, I don't know, three, four o'clock in the morning, and then I'll be up for maybe an hour or two, and it was just a nightmare. I'm getting nights where I'm sleeping all the way through, waking up feeling refreshed and, and better, uh, better prepared for the day, okay? So I wanted to bring this up because there's a whole sort of like, I mean, if as a trader, what I'm, you know, what I know and what I um, heard, what I've heard is you're going to spend, well, you are going to spend a lot of time in front of the computer, A. B, you're going to possibly join the No Sleep Club, which if nobody knows what that is, it means to get stuff done around your day job you need to basically sacrifice something and no sleep is the sacrifice that Andre for example did so that the guy hardly ever sleeps uh, Hishu Han I remember this guy never sleeps and you know he just doesn't sleep uh, <laughs> I uh, in the past have done this where I've had very little sleep to, to get stuff done around a day job if you are going to commit to this, you do need to find the time. If you've got a family, if you've got a job, uh, if you've got other commitments, then sleep is probably the only thing you can sacrifice. But you don't want to obviously sacrifice it for the rest of your life. You've just got to join this club for a bit, break the back of it, and then move on and possibly get a bit more sleep. Okay, So if you do want to join the No Sleep Club, then these classes might actually come in handy because they essentially... You know, can keep you in that sleep mode. You know, your brain's sort of still thinking that it's nighttime. So maybe the next night you'll get a good night's sleep if you do, you know, chop and change it. Um, it just keeps you in that mode, okay? So look, I would recommend it. They're called uh, Swannies is what they're called. Uh, I heard about them in, a, in another podcast. I will put a link up to my video in the show notes as well as a link to the Swannies. So if you do want to check them out and, and have a look, then... Um, by all means, I do recommend them as something to to try out. Right now, on to my trading. So, where have I got to? Well, last update was about three months ago, almost three months ago. So it was back in August. Now I'm just going to have a quick sip here of a drink. My throat's getting a bit dry. 
Sorry about that. And yes, yeah, so I was back in August, so three months ago. Uh, you know, I thought, here we go. I've got a mentor. I'm starting to do, you know, starting to do this stuff. It all should come together. Um, Andre taught us a whole bunch of stuff uh, in terms of what I should be looking for and how I should be entering. One thing that I seemed to miss was the fact that I really needed to make the system that I trade my own. Now, this is this is obviously manual trading, um, and and I've decided that you know the manual stuff is going to help me with any automated stuff that I do. So I wanted to really give this some time and focus and stuff. So anyway, I dove in and I was trying to replicate what Andre was doing, and I, I you know at points I felt I cracked it, and then at other points I, I sort of drifted off, and uh, and then just expected things to fall into place because I'd got myself a mentor right I expected things to fall into place and it wasn't until three three people um, my mentor Andre uh, another oh, his men, his mentor and another trader from the show actually said this to me that I've sort of realized okay I sort of get it now and that was that. Yeah, I've got to. You've got to make a system your own. So if you've got a discretionary system or even an automated system, you need to make these systems your own. Otherwise, your psychology is probably going to undermine it somehow. Okay, so you've got to make it your own because you've got to have that confidence in it. It took me ages to work that out. Anyway, in that time, I blew my account again, again, again. You know, and it was just everything that you hear on the show. I mean, why don't I listen to it? Yeah, revenge trading, uh, <laughs> over leveraging, everything you could possibly do wrong. I was doing it wrong, and it got to the point where you know I I, I was I was did alright. You know, I did alright on a. I had six dollars left in the count, and I was bringing it up to like sort of ten dollars and back down to six, and then I eventually just lost it one night and blew the account and left the trade open and said, well, it's either going to work or it's not. And you know, six dollars I can I can afford to lose that obviously. Um, so it blew the account. And on that date, which was nineteenth of October, the recommendation from Andre was to stop, stop trading in the live market, stop trading with real money, and do back testing. Now, back testing is something that is sort of part of the arsenal of becoming a successful trader from what I can understand, right? So it's either backtesting or forward testing. Backtesting, the good thing with it is you can just do it a lot quicker. Now, it does require some software. Some of it you can get for free, but if you want something half decent, you want to pay a little bit of money for it. That's not expensive. Uh, but i tell you what, the psychological barrier to backtesting for me was massive. It took me ages and ages to really break this down. How could I sit there and do something which, to me, sort of seemed unproductive? So every time I jump behind the computer, uh, as you can tell, you know these episodes come out fairly regularly, and uh, I've got a whole bunch of other stuff going on, replying to emails, you know, and everything that goes behind this these episodes. It, it's all productive work. All right, I sit down here, I do something productive. I go from A to B. Back testing seems like sitting in front of the computer, and you're waiting for. I suppose you, you're waiting to, you know, you, you're practicing basically. You're practicing uh, being productive, but you're not actually being productive. The, there's no sort of outcome, there's no output from it. But, but, but there is. 
there is an output from the back testing, but it's very hard to see. Now, this is where it sort of comes in, the, the back testing. And it, look, look, and I, I, I'll tell you what, I finally sort of got there. I finally got there, and after playing with about four different bits of software, I decided on the software, and that was probably the first thing I had to do. I had to decide on the software, and the software I chose was uh, Soft4 for, Soft for FX. Worst name ever, <clears throat> but it's the same one that Andre uses. And when I tested it out against Forex Tester, which is another popular one, and uh, the free one from uh, FX Blue, so these are all, all currency related and uh, work on the MetaTrader platform. So there will be other software out there for other platforms if you've got them, no doubt. Some of them will have them built in. Anyway, so this the, the Forex Tester one was there, that the soft for FX was there, and the uh, the free one. So I tried them all out. They all gave you a demo, and I gave them a, a whirl, and I sort of decided, okay, the soft for FX one is just as good as the, uh, what's it called, Forex Tester, and it's a quarter of the price. So it was like 99 bucks, whereas the Forex Tester one was $350 or something. And the other one was free, but it just wasn't as good. It just it was lacking quite a few things, but still workable if you need a free one. Okay, and that's from FX Blue. So I'll I'll link these up in the show notes as well. Now the first thing for me was to decide which one to use. So once I decided that, then I had to use it, and I realised that I didn't want to sit in front of my computer doing back testing, especially when I got you know family sitting in the front room. Um, you know my wife wants to spend time with me. Uh, if I'm sitting here doing essentially in my sort of back of my mind unproductive stuff, then I may as well be doing it in the presence of everyone else or in downtime, okay, in downtime. And one of the things that, I mean, the downtime that I had is sort of, you know, in the evenings, uh, lunch breaks at work, that's probably about it. And I suppose if I got up really early, I could do it in the morning as well. Now, uh so what do I do? How did I overcome this thing where I could, you know, be with my family and do my back testing without it being too much of, uh, too much in the way? Now, so what I did was, it's pretty simple. It's pretty simple, guys. It's not rocket science. I simply bought a laptop, right? I bought a laptop. Uh, it didn't need to be ultra grunty, but I tried to get it as grunty as I could. We've got, like, trust me, I've got a laptop in the house. I've got laptops, iPads, multiple iPads, phones, etc. you know, multiple computers. Um, but I didn't have a laptop of my own. My, my wife had my, or had a laptop. Um, my daughter's got iPads, both of them, one of them mine. Everything that I buy, they take, basically. They take, <laughs> I buy it for my use, and they take it, and I'm like, right, I'm just going to bite the bullet here. I've got to buy a laptop for myself. Um, I'm not going to give them the password to it. They've asked me, they've hounded me, but I'm like, nah, you guys aren't touching this one. Um, you got your own things, just go off and use those, please. Now, uh, so a laptop was the key, so I can now sit down in front of the computer, uh, sorry, in front of the TV, um, you know, with my family. If they're all on their own iPads and stuff, I can get on and just do some back testing. Lunch breaks. When I'm at work, if I've got a lunch break, I'll sit down and do some back testing. You know, I don't need to be connected to the internet. Download the data; it's all on there. I'm thinking if I go away on a holiday, and you know, take the laptop with you, it's going to be downtime. Do some back testing. So, good news is, I've started back testing. 
and it took me a long time to get there, but I actually do quite enjoy it. Um, and, and then I've sort of seen the benefits of doing this back testing, and the benefits is I'm not losing any money, and I can see where I'm going wrong, and I can see that at a much quicker rate, and I don't have to wait, you know, sit there for an hour in the markets, and I get an hour worth of market time or two hours worth of market time, um, and I feel like I've got to play some trades because I'm in front of the markets. So uh, it does give me the ability to build these neural pathways, so pathways in your brain, so we can see things happening, and you know, it starts to that, that's the that's the benefit of back testing is it starts to get those pathways being built in the brain that are the correct way to think so i'm not there yet okay trust me i'm not there yet but i have had some good runs and i've seen the account grow based on what andre's taught us in his program and based on what other things i know and and making a strategy my own okay so as opposed to trying to copy everything from some other people that have that have done it taking things that I like, taking things that I know and understand, um, and I'm getting better. I'm getting better, but I'm not there, and I feel like uh, I feel like I've got probably a couple more months, really, before I'm going to get there. Uh, Andre said stop for 30 days, and I'm sort of, what, uh, I'm about three weeks into that. I've got another 10 days to go before, uh, before my 30 days is up. Um, who knows, I might feel like I'm ready at that point, I, I don't know, but I feel that I've got another two months ahead of backtesting, which I don't mind, I don't mind, because it is quite, it's quite fun, it's a bit like a, it's a, bit like a, a computer game with charts, right, with price charts, so it's a computer game with price charts, treat it like that, the game is to win, right, you want to win the game, it's like playing, you know, a really visually unappealing um, Xbox game, or something like that, so if you're on the Xbox doing that, stuff and or on the playstation jump off it and jump on and do some back testing and help your trading out okay so it's really about you know getting those pathways working in your brain and i feel that it's starting to click things are starting to click and the more you see something the more it's the more chance that you've got a higher chance of it working in the future it's a bit like you know and you've got to look at it like this way it's a bit like playing sport you go out you practice for uh twice a week sometimes especially when you're a kid and then you know play and play for an hour and a half so four hours of practice one and a half hours of actual you know play time uh that's typically what happens for sports with trading it's a bit the same but i think you practice you know your sports practice you've probably done it if you do play sports or did play sports in the past you probably did it as a kid and that most of that stuff you never lose you lose the fitness maybe but um but you you know if you if you played a sport as a kid you probably can pick up a ball and be okay with it right uh i mean this day and age i'll play uh well i'll play play football won't train in the week we'll do a bit of pre-season training jump on the field for an hour and a half and i'll be fine because it's all ingrained in the brain so the brain knows how to react in certain situations and all that sort of stuff so that's where backtesting I see as being a benefit and I don't know why it took me so long to get there but um, yeah it did and, and I'm here now and I'm doing it and enjoying it so I feel that this is the way forward for me but there are still a few things in my backtesting that I'm not doing and a few things that I noticed that I am doing which are not good um, and I want to just talk about those a little bit so that you guys can potentially 
notice that this is the same sort of stuff that you're doing or, or you should stop doing. So one of the things is um, noting down on my back tests the result of a trade. Okay, so taking the time to do a trading journal, not just on your own live trading, but on your backtesting trading as well. So you had a bad trade, noting down, why did why did that trade, what did you do wrong? Noting this down in a document, and I've, I haven't been doing it, I've got to say I haven't been doing it, and I think I should be doing it. So that's the next thing I need to, 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 to I suppose, start doing. And... I think that'll take me to the next level. In actual fact, why am I talking about it here? I should just be doing it. So I've just got to do it. I've just got to do I just have to do it. I did start doing it with my live trading, and that was fairly easy. And the way, the way that I found was the easiest was to just use a, um, a screen print application, sorry, print screen application where you hit print screen and you can write on the screen. You can, you can uh, draw pictures, arrows, lines, and all that sort of stuff. And that came that that I found that really useful uh, to do my trading journal because I could just mark it straight up on the chart, and then it saves it in your sort of copy paste, and then you paste it into a Google Doc, and you've got them all there for you. So that's how um, that's how I was going to do it. That's how I did it in the live, and that's how I re- would recommend doing it in the back test. And I just need to do it, right? I just need to do it because I need to learn from it. And then the third thing is, I suppose, going back and learning from it right so you don't just note it down but you got to go back and look at it and go okay why look at all the things that have gone wrong look at all the things that have gone right and marry it up and go okay well i can see a trend here maybe i need to change this or this is something i need to focus on at the moment i can see there are a couple of things that i really do struggle with and the biggest one is fomo and if you don't know what that means, it's one of these sort of hip terms that have uh, that appeared recently in in uh, recent modern times. Fear of missing out, FOMO. Now, uh, how does that apply to traders? Well, it's pretty simple. I don't know if, if you're unaware of this, you 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 might you might actually be affected by it and just not aware that you are affected by it. So, it's when you're sitting in front of the charts and the market's moving, and you don't want to miss out on a move. It's as simple as that. You don't want to miss out on the move. You don't want to miss out on your entry point. You don't want to, you know, see price go off from, away from you, and then uh, you go, oh, I don't want to. I don't want the price to carry on, and, and then I've missed all this, all these pips or all these uh, ticks that I could pick up. Then you place the trade, and then it comes back against you. Okay, so fear of missing out. It's not part of your trading plan, probably, <laughs> uh, to dive in erratically. So that's one of the main things that I've got to overcome, and I think the way that I'll overcome that is through more mistakes, making more mistakes in backtesting, realizing that I just have to sit out and let the stuff play out. Um, I feel like I'm getting slightly better, but it sort of comes and it goes. It's sort of like a wave. It come, you know. Sometimes I'm great. I kind of let stuff go on. Other times. It just hits, and it's usually just before the time that I should enter. Uh, so FOMO is one of the things that I think you guys out there might be able to take away as, as a bit of value from this this episode. And the last but not least thing, which is probably really related to the to the FOMO, is uh, well, it is related to the FOMO, which is patience. So being patient, waiting for the price to do its thing, come back to where you want it to come back to. Let it carry on in its in its uh, in its pattern, 
and then enter when everything lines up. So patience is the other key thing. We've talked plenty about that in the trading mental series. How do you get over it? How do you how do you fix your patience issues? Well, it's just a simple case of once again practice and practice and more practice from what I understand from what I've learned from all these traders it's just a lot of practice will teach you that patience is the is the way to go mistakes practice comes mistakes you can get the mistakes out of the way and you realize the mistakes are probably because you haven't been patient enough um, so those are the those are the probably the three main things that have hit me in the last couple last few months with my trading and and where I where I need to be focused um, so fear of missing out trying to let the market do its thing and just wait, be impartial, all that sort of unbiased, all that sort of stuff, and patience, and then getting the back testing underway, which I think is going to fix or help fix those two things. Uh, on top of that, um, the trading plan, I do recommend doing a trading plan if you haven't got one. We've got a great episode with Nick Bencino on trading plans. Well, it wasn't on trading plans, but we did talk quite a bit about trading plans, and I think he gave us up a link there that you can use. Um, now, that's sort of it. That's where I'm at. So, guys, I haven't been doing a lot of live market trading. If I haven't done, done any other than blowing that account, and now uh, I'm just purely back testing and getting a lot of screen time with the back testing. And hopefully, you've come away from this learning a few things about where I'm at with my trading, which hopefully helps you guys if, if you're not there yet, um, of, of which I know a lot of you aren't, but it gives you a sort of potential pathway there with the backtesting, getting that under the way, if, if you're suffering from FOMO or patience, um, and lots, you know, make the mistakes, do it without them losing the money, um, and do it quickly, use a backtesting bit of software. So I hooked those up in the show notes, right? Um, we're about to get into this mentoring session I did with Andre. Uh, if you're a pro member, you can jump onto 52traders.com and watch the full video, which means you get to see the chart, which means you get to see what he's actually talking about <laughs> instead of trying to imagine it, which is quite hard because we didn't talk it through like it was going to be on the podcast. It is there um, pretty much really in video format. And, um, you know, it's, it's uh, and I keep an eye out for the funny character in the background of the video. Um, you do get to have a look at my, my ugly mug on, on there as well as Andre's. Um, and and some, uh, some little funny characters <coughs> popping up in the background there. Uh, before I leave you and let you get into this mentoring session I have with Andre, um, there is one or two other things I want to mention. Yes, there's nine more spots left on Andre's mentorship, so jump on the site. I'll put it in the show description if you want to get access to it there. And last but not least, uh, I've got some. I've got a crypto trader. I've got a crypto trader lined up on the show. So I've got that interview later this week. I've also got trading psychology uh, guru who's on the going to come on the show as well. So I've got that lined up. So this is stuff that's coming up in the future, as well as standard traders. You know, guys that are out there making money in the markets and uh, and that sort of thing. So. All right, guys, without further ado, let's get into this mentoring session, and I hope you enjoyed that update from me, and um, check out the blog post that I've got up there on 52traders.com to get all those links to the videos, the swannies, uh, market predictions, that sort of thing. Right, let's hear it. Well, that's what happens when you <laughs> do a 28-minute or whatever it was 
intro to the show, you forget a few things along the way. Now, what I did forget to go through was that uh, that golf is not a game of perfect book. Right, so let's have a look at it. So there were 22 points that came out of that. Now, this could be quite a long episode if we go through all 22. First one is dream, okay? Dream's pretty easy. I think we all do a lot of that. Second one is think your ball to the target. Focus on it during your pre-shot routine and trust your swing. It's a lot to do in that second point there, okay? But if you think about it, like your ball, think your ball to the target. So think of the price to the target, okay? So it's really when you're about to take the trade, think this is the target I'm going for. It's almost, you've got to visualize, okay? Basically, you've got to visualize your trade beforehand and then trust your entry, trust your rules. That's pretty much it. You know, and that's a lot of what we hear in the show. Trust your rules. It's going to be, it's a probability. It's not a certain thing. So either your swing or your rules are going to work or they're not. And you should know there's a probability around it that's going to help um, keep you profitable in the long run. Next point, number three, keep a hot streak mentality. So remember how you felt during a good phase of play. Um, loose and confident so this is really I suppose that psychological aspect around trying to remember you know keeping yourself in a positive mental attitude hot streak so you had four win four, four winning trades now what did that feel like start your trading day off like that try and re- bring that back that feeling so you're in that state mentally you're loose you're confident uh, don't think about technique on your shot swing okay so This is where your backtesting comes into it. You shouldn't have to think too much about the system that you're trading when you're actually placing your trade. You should know that this feels right, okay? It feels right. All the things that you've learned, you know, have lined up. You don't need to go through and tick off like, you know, I'm going to tick off each thing in a list of 20. If you're doing that, you probably need to do more practice, okay? You should know that this all looks like a perfect setup and you can just take your swing and, and hit it. Um, aim for small, aim for a small elevated specific target, like a twig on a distant tree, for example, and keep it in mind as you swing. This has been, or the person writing this says this has been particularly effective, okay? So this could be, um, if we, if we bring that back to, I mean, bring it back to your target. So you're aiming for a target and maybe you aim for a smaller target to start off with, and just keep that in mind when you're placing the trade. Okay, after the trade, I want to see price go here. You know, fairly soon after the trade, you've got a probably higher target that you're trying to get. And if it goes there, you can feel confident that it's probably on its way to where you're actually hoping for it to go. Pre-shot routine is very important. So choose your club, target, stance, visualize, grip, practice, waggle. Look at the target, then the ball, uh, then at the ball. Okay, so you can apply all of that to your trading. So choose your club would be a bit like choosing your time frame. Your target is obviously where you want it to go. Your stance, visualize. So visualize the trade. So we had this on the show um, not so long ago from Morad, visualizing your trade. Uh, grip. So, you know, what's the, uh, you know, I suppose grip. What, gripping your mouse? I don't know. <laughs> um, practice. So you've done your back testing practice, you've done your demo trading practice, whatever it is, practice. You know, you should have seen this situation before in the past, so you know that this is when you should enter. Um, waggle, I suppose this could be like, you know, a little thing you do before you place place the trade. Um, 
just keeping that routine, really, I suppose, pre-shot routine, pre-trade routine. Uh, short game practice should take up 70% of your time. Okay, so short game, if we look at the short game, this is where you're chipping it onto the green after you drive. Um, so if you look at your driver, your sort of higher time frame stuff analysis, your short game is probably your shorter time frame analysis. So this should be the entry, around the entry, uh, and it should take up 70% of your time in terms of your practice. So don't be practicing on the higher time frames if you're not trading the higher time frames. If you're entering on the lower time frames, then you should practice most of your time there. Aim to, uh, okay, always aim to hold the ball. Believe the putt is going in, but don't care if it doesn't. Okay, so that's quite interesting. So our aim is to win the trade. Believe that we're gonna win the trade, but you're not, but if it doesn't, you, you can't care about it, okay? And no emotion, no emotion. You know, visualize again, visualize, what does it say? Vi visualize, yeah, be decisive, visualize the line, but make a straight putt to a target you judge the ball will turn from, okay? So, yeah, not, not that relevant, but the visual, visualized part is relevant, um, and also take practice putts uh, with your eyes on the hole, okay? So, once again, practicing again. Um, what are, I'll just see if we can get some other good ones. So that's eight. They all start to sort of become, become a little bit repetitive here, but um, accept the bad shots and concentrate on the next. So... Is that easier said than done? Sometimes it is, but you have to accept that you're going to lose some trades and then concentrate on the next one. Just got to accept it. So accepting those losing trades. Allow yourself seven mistakes around. Okay, so th actually this, I don't know if this was in the book, but this could be like, if you start a trading day, you can say, I'm going to have three losing trades and I'm out. Okay, three losing trades and I'm out of there. I'm not trading today. It's not the right day for me. Um, only think about what you want to happen, especially when there are obvious hazards. Okay, so obvious hazards could be news. So if you know that there's news, you've got to think about the fact that the news is coming up. If you enter a trade, news is coming up. Do you want to be in that trade? If you haven't hit your price target, if news is on the underway, what if you're losing the trade? What do you do then? So you've got to have that game plan ready, guys. Um, remember to save your good shots. So journal them, journal your trades, journal your good trades, see why they worked, see why they were good. Be fearless, so no fear, correct, you know, fear and greed, um, <laughs> correct, sound like David Brent. Um, be an artist, not a scientist. So this is quite an interesting one, be an artist, not a scientist. I mean, you can be an artist and you can be a scientist and you can be both in trading. It depends on how you approach it. So if you're algorithmic, then scientist is probably more where you want to be as opposed to an artist. But there is probably some art in there anyway. Um, have, a, have a conservative strategy, but a cocky swing. Okay, so I think this is around execution. So conservative strategy, but when you execute, you execute with a lot of decisiveness. Okay. And cocky could be, you know, you're willing to risk a bit more, or not not necessarily risk more than um, more than sort of necessarily, but uh, you're you're able to take yourself away from the 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 fear of losing money if you've got a sizable account. Right, to have a game plan for important matches and new courses. New courses could be new charts. Um, New important matches could be, I don't know, could be what, important news events, probably. 
There's some good stuff in here, actually. There's some really good stuff. Be loose, free, and confident, and stick to your routines and game plan. Okay, we've had that before. Uh, try not to think ahead and think and think about your score or your opponent's score. Don't play shots you normally wouldn't. So this is very good. Try not to think ahead and think about your score. So don't think about the money. Thinking ahead is thinking, oh, wouldn't it be great if I, you know, made twenty thousand dollars today? Don't think about it. Don't think about that. It's just play your shots as you normally would. Okay. So he's yeah. Okay. Um, right, we've got four more left. Sixty percent of your practice time, uh, whether long or short, short game, should be on acceptance targets and routine. Forty percent on technicals. Oh dear. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know how that relates to trading. Um, that one's pretty cryptic for me. Maybe you guys can work it out. Check out in the comments. Practice putting on the fringe of the green, not to the to a hole to develop pace and confidence. Yeah, that one's a bit, skipped, a bit cryptic as well for how we translate that to trading. Last two. Hopefully we get a good one in here. Uh, have an improvement plan and stick to it. Okay, well, if I look at what Andre's done and do, does... The guy's never the guy never stops learning, right? You know, he's he's now making a lot of money, but he's the guy's still learning from people, he's still seeking out mentors, he's still learning from these mentors, he's still seeing if something should be changed. How can he approve stuff? So have he's got an improvement plan and he sticks to it and the plan is if it works and it makes me better better trader, then I'll use it. If it doesn't, I'll say goodbye to it. Um Last but not least, before an important competition, imagine the sights, sounds, smells, and feelings of winning it. Yeah, so it's back to that visualization again, guys. And that's it. Those, uh, there's 22 here, and I'm going to link to this. It's, it's um, I didn't read the book. I didn't come up with, I ain't got time to read the whole book. <laughs> um, I didn't come up with these. This was some blogger. Uh, on his golfing game, but he's like, here are the key insights from this book. So I'm going to chuck a link up in the show notes to this as well. And um, hopefully you guys can use some of these things to help with your trading. Now, let's get on with that mentoring session with Andre. Yes, now there's a couple of things you can do. Um, what I was doing in, the, in that back testing, and I, I had no clue that the back test was going to go that, that good. No clue. And on the back test, I my lot size, I, I, was, I traded 1, 5, 10, and 20. Nothing nothing higher than 20. And was and, that like in a, how did you do that? Like once yeah, you got to a certain level, you increased it to 5 and increased it to 20? Is that how you did I, it? Or? You know what? I was so focused on executing the trades that I didn't see, I didn't see it was, the account was going that, that well. Okay. Um, and I, I I looked up. I was like, "Oh shit, this is at 100k." Um, and so then I upped it to 10. And then once it hit a million, then I said, "Oh, I should up this again to 20." And then that was the catalyst that took it to. I think it ended at like 2.1 on on the back test, um, some or somewhere near near there on the back test. Um, well, what I was doing is I was just going with the trend on the daily, keeping my zones in mind. Um, keeping everything that I know in mind, but what I, what specifically I was looking at was points like this. This candle stopped right here, and this candle was just kind of stopping right here. So I said, okay, I'm going to put a zone right here. 
and see what happens. I'm going to get rid of this analysis too because it's not valid right now. So I'm only focusing on one thing. Delete. And let's go to a 15. Hmm. I don't know if that was it or not. Is it carried at three? I think it did. Well, let's look at the price. Change the color of it. Not a monkey. There we go. Five seven two six four two. It's this. And so what I was finding quite consistently was literally support flipping to resistance. And so this was the close of that last daily candle. Yep. Area here. And it was just consolidating. And I was like, hmm, interesting. So it was trading. And that's one of the themes of price. It trades between two zones. Like, literally, that's one of the themes. Mm. So I would come around and say, okay, cool. Um, the daily's bullish. I'm, I'm doing this. I can sneak an entry in here, or I can wait for market structure to break. So I would wait for market structure to break. And what I mean by that is so the resistance here flipped to support, right? And I would yeah. get that. And so there's two things I can do, you can do. Um, based off this, you can just trigger a buy because the, and you know, the other thing I'm working on is analyzing the liquidity that's in the market. So what this tells me here is moving, you know, moving past traditional technical analysis, right? Because the market is always in a state of change. And, you know, that's something I picked up from Nick. And it didn't it didn't click into that back test cam. It did not click into that back test. What do you mean it didn't click into the back test? It just the dynamics of the market and how to spot it without an indicator, essentially. Is let's break this down to a one minute. <laughs> Look at me trading a one minute like Nick. <laughs> but not as good as Nick. That guy's amazing. I love this recent interview, man. I I just love that guy. He's so amazing. Anywho, um, you can see liquidity coming in to the market, right? And again, if you miss this, you also have, oh, son of a monkey's uncle. Come back. If you miss this, the market's going to give you another chance, right? Because you have some sideways resistance right here because price was struggling to break it but it also wasn't coming back near the liquidity why i studied order flow very hardcore with bay hmm. and when you get to these levels here the demand is here right so you get the i'm going to protect my position right of <clears throat> right yeah you know i've often said that we're at a distinct disadvantage trading candlesticks but if we can read these the correct way, they really just represent the human behavior behind the market. And I dropped the order flow study. I don't need to, I don't need it anymore because I'm supremely confident in my ability now to look past 
candlesticks and candlestick patterns and even zones to some extent into analyzing human behavior that's coming in behind these candlesticks. So you get the you get the protection of your initial liquidity injection right here. So of course they're not going to let the market come back here. We just broke this zone. You know they're investing in the upside. So so just to just on that point where so those two um, candles there where they're touching the zone at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those ones. So is that sort of buyers protecting their position? Are they protecting their position like, you know, we don't want it to go any lower than that, so we're going to buy into it again, we're going to buy into it again and just sort of soak up those sellers? Is that what we're saying there? That, yeah, yeah, it's, it's exactly. They're soaking up the sellers. Why? Because the sellers need to be fuel yeah. for the upside run. And they're, and they're trying to get a good price and they sort of wait until the sellers bring it down far enough and they go, well, we, it's almost we can't. a fake out, essentially, right? It's almost yeah. it's almost a fake out because you see the drift and you see this. Like this is a very low volume move. There's no structure to it. Like this, right? It's a very low volume drift. Yeah. And so again, they just come up in here and on the five minute, this is just a wick. And this is too, just on the five minute. And it represents the behavior that okay, yeah, you wanna play counter trend, so your fuel the buyers completely take over from the sellers. And so if you're a big seller right here, what's going to happen? You pull your order, right? You see that on order flow and depth of market charts. You see that very clearly. Um, you pull your order, you, you'll come out. If you're selling there, you'll just, what, you'll exit or? You, you see them pull the order. And, you know, these big guys, they play limit orders at, yeah. at the bid of the ask. So they pull their, they they pull the order because they don't want to get, you know, they almost anticipate what's happening yeah. Yeah. inside of it. So liquidity gets injected and it's met with sellers again, right? But they're protecting their demand. We get the break, right? You get a little bit of a pullback, support holds as a resistance, and we get some upside here, but we just typically range. What time of day is this? Uh, command Y. Okay, you're already on. Whatever. Um, though we just kind of range between support and resistance, but for this price move up, we don't go anywhere near the initial injection of liquidity. Make sense? Yeah, well, I mean, the, the, the um, support flipping to resistance makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm still just struggling to get my head around the... Um, the liquidity. Uh, actually, one thing, one other thing that sort of just hit home here is the the structured move and the unstructured move makes a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. So when it's a um, structured move, it's like you know quite slow and steady going up or down, and the unstructured is when like it's like this, right? That has some context to it. Like I tell the guys in the chat room, your trade has to have some kind of context to it. Don't get caught trading long up here with the tight stop because you're off the market. You know. Your context is here, right? Yeah. Because this is your resistance, and it is now your support, right? So there's strength to this trade. And if you take it to what the market tells you is resistance, you know, very solid trade, you get a 20-pip trade out of it. Um, If you miss it, no big deal, right? Analyze what's happening right here just from a pure... The chart is data perspective. This is resistance that we haven't really broken yet. We haven't convincingly 
broke it and it has not held as support, right? Mm. So until this holds as some kind of support, cool, possibly take along. But then we need to look at something bigger to see, um, uh, to see where we need to exit or get out beforehand. Um, so let's let's actually do that now. Oh, look at that. Oh, you know what? And this was one of my ideas was buy-in targeting right here. Actually, before here. But let's just connect the dots here. So, so uh, yeah, trying to get it. So, yeah, I mean, I had some good entries. And then I just would leave them in too long and they'd sort of retrace and eat up all my profits. How, what should I be doing to like, you know, you got to decide what you want off the market. Yeah. I suppose that's the thing I was, I didn't at the time. Did I know? Yeah. I had a, like, some of the times I had an idea as to what I wanted and it just didn't reach there. Um, <laughs> and maybe that's because I was just being too ambitious for the, the stop loss that I had. I mean, like, for example, I was, you know, well, it was a 20 to 1 risk to reward. That's probably a sign, right? Yeah, that's fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, but if it had hit, it didn't hit, it got to, I think it got to, like, like I don't know, I think it was, um, I got to about sort of 15 pips and turned around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, like, you know, the stop loss was almost nothing. Mm-hmm. So I suppose it got to be more realistic about, you know, what my stop loss is versus my take profit. It's probably a greed thing, right? I'm looking for too much money. Another thing too is, do you trade with your um, with your open profit and loss running on your screen? No. Okay, good. Don't not, do- not on the back testing. So this is all back testing at the moment. Okay, okay cool. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, 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 you... Like for me, I know that I can make a, I can have a very good day on five standard pips a position, right? And then I have to look for those areas where I have enough room to get my five, my minimum of five standard pips. And if I can get my minimum of five standard pips, cool. I'm totally comfortable having ten positions on that, right? Because then that five becomes fifty pips. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm, this is how I compounded my account from uh, nothing. <laughs> this is how I compounded. $20. Exactly. <laughs> this is how I compounded my account from nothing. Yeah. Um, as you look for these opportunities. And then um, 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 you just really decide what you want as far as pips or percentage target, right? So Let's say me, my goal every day when I sit down every day is to do at least 5% every day, right? If I get it, cool. A lot of times I overshoot it. Sometimes I don't. I do 2%. I'm, I'm happy with that. And um, I think that's one thing you have to accept too is you're not, every day is not going to be the super stellar standard freaking super mm. day. You know, it's, yeah. it's just not. Um, I know for me personally, I have to manage my mood and I have to manage my ego. Um, I have to manage my ego because I pride myself on being right in my personal life, right? Um, or just being correct. And I think a lot of that comes from the, the school mentality of memorize this and you get an A on your test, right? 
Yeah. That doesn't work and trading doesn't give trading doesn't give a crap if you're right, right? The market just wants to do what it wants to do. Um so I would say just really overall decide what you want out of the market as far as your percentage goal or your pips goal. I, I tend to work better on, on um a percentage goal because that's more attainable in my mind. So well. with your with your back testing, I mean would you are you still going to do the same thing? Like, even though, I mean, you get to look at one day and go, this is what I want out of today. I want 5% and then I'm going to stop. Or will you carry on and take the other opportunities you see because you're back testing and it's not real money? I treat it like it's the actual market. Right. Like it's, it's personal. I take it really, really personal. Like it's, it's my duty to make sure that I, make this account grow like that's my job and i'm gonna even though it's just a back test i'm going to protect that account just as much as it was a, a real account and you'll find that it'll it'll start to tr- your emotions on the live trading chart will start to change to everything because you can you literally just sit back and be like oh i've seen this behavior before there's a higher probability it's going to go my way right And one of the things that I noticed about the 15-minute chart is it literally takes the 15-minute candle about 14 minutes to form its actual direction almost every time. Um, So if I'm I'm trading based on the 15-minute chart and I'm going with the trend, I'm totally comfortable with that drawdown because I've seen it before, right? So you just sit back and you say, I'm going to let it do its thing. Um, And that's only because I did that on the back testing. Um, for a freaking long time. <laughs> but yeah, take it personal. Like it's your account. It's your obligation to make this account work. It's, it's literally your obligation. Um, and I suppose the other things, because I'm just, I suppose, cause I'm just starting out doing it. Like the actual back testing, it's taken me ages to get here. Just starting out doing it. I'm sort of thinking, okay, well, this is the opportunity to, um, at least just try some different things out as well. And, almost sort of try and get myself to the point where I learn by mistakes and I make enough of, enough of them, I'll finally sort of get it. Well, or should I be should I be taking less risk and going that this is this is make it or break it? I mean, do you think what do, what do you think is going to work, or it just depends on me? I personally, what I would do is just trade the strategy, right? Trade the market behavior, um, trade what you've seen, like. Remember these 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 candlesticks are just data, right? They tell you the human behavior behind it, right? So I don't know if this goes around your question, but if you notice a behavior in the in, in the market, in addition to what you know we go over, add that, right? And then you just kind of decide, okay, I like it or I don't like it, right? And that's how you that's how you'll start to uniquely see the market, like. What do I see right here? Because the other thing I was thinking was, and like, you know, maybe it's just one of these things I was thinking is, because I've been looking at, I've been focusing on UJ. Mm-hmm. So GJ is the pair. Uh, and I'm just wondering, or now I'm sort of thinking, is this pair just not suited for this type of approach or not as suited? And, Maybe that's, is that part of the reason? I or 
I backtested GJ, but you got to remember too, GJ is probably not as liquid as UJ or even EJ. Right. Just due to the fact that it's a cross. And I've noticed it's quite popular in your region of the world, GJ is. It's quite yeah. popular. Um, I'm guessing it's probably due to, I don't know. I don't know. But I've also noticed that not many people. I think it's because London opens, I mean, at the same time as the evening over here. Mm. Yeah, and so why not just? I don't know. I would. I would more than likely look more at a at a USD pair. But again, yeah. if you can trade UJ, you can trade GJ. I think they operate the same. Like my back testing, um, I back test EJ a lot, um, and I find that it moves a little bit more erratically than UJ does. It has a bigger range. And that bigger range is just because it's not as liquid, so the market has to reach and pull to fill orders. And that may be one of the issues that you have, because I don't trade GJ, but the, I think that's one of the issues with GJ is the fact that it, um, it pulls. It pulls to get liquidity. Yeah. And that's really... It, it is, yeah. I mean, because you look at the sort of ranges on a day, and it's like, you know, 220 pips is seems to be fairly standard i mean a guy was telling me that um well actually it was one of the guys on another show nick uh bencino was talking about when he was doing it back in the day it was two thousand pip ranges That's in a day <laughs> back in like 2004 or something it's crazy wow i know and i mean what does what does that tell you does it tell you that it's just there was not enough players in the market or it's relatively illiquid. It's not as liquid as a major pair. Right. That's really what it tells me. It's just yeah. not, it's not as liquid as a Euro dollar or a UJ or a UCAT or any, any, any of the major pairs. Um, but it really follows the British pound. Um, it really follows British pound. I noticed too that a lot of people who trade GJ successfully trade British pound pairs very well. So maybe use uh, cable as your as your in, as your indication of what to do with GJ too. Just thinking outside the box, right? Well, I mean, look, I'm not I'm not wedded to it or anything. I mean, if if you recommend a better pair, you think well, a pair that's going to be, I suppose, work in the time frame time zone that I'm looking at, mm-hmm. um, which is most likely going to be the evenings initially anyway. And the evening, and, Asia, and you, right? the evening for me is this time here now. Oh, I'm thinking it's night. I'm thinking it's one thirty for you. No, it's it's, it's uh, nine p.m. now. Uh, lucky you. Yeah. It, um, <laughs> what is it for you? One a.m. I don't mind. <laughs> um, I'm not even tired, so I'll, I'll probably lay in bed for a while and not even fall asleep. Um, around this time, you, re- I really think you should look at um, GJ is not bad to look at because it's going to move with the British pound. Yeah, got the euro. Um, what what else am I looking at? So during during London, I look at euro and I look at um, UJ, and I do peek at cable. I haven't traded cable in a while, but I think that would be a good indicator for what to do with GJ is whatever cable's doing. Um, But to answer your question, like about adding to it like there's nothing wrong with it because like in this little box right here 
I see buyers coming into the market, right? Just based on this, right? Yeah. Not many people see that, but this tells me that there's a slight chance based on how this next candle pushed up that somewhere in here, buyers are going to step back into the market. That's that whole little theory I've been working on. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's reading the human behavior because sellers pushed it down. But I mean, it took some strength to push this back up some, somehow, some way. Right. They pushed it up. Shit. 10.6 pips. Right. That takes a little bit of strength. So I think the mentality of the buyers are, yeah, we've come too far to turn back, but we got to draw the conclusion from, um, what's happened here to what happened here. Right. Cause you, yeah. I, I love these wiki areas because you know, they're, that's where the liquidity is at. And I just, for, for, for my life, I don't understand why people don't talk about it. Um, like even if you cover the wicks in this area, let's cover all of them. Right. You get a really yeah. nice close on here. Yeah. You know, yeah. and again, this is where buying liquidity came into the market. And you know the mentality around here, when we dip back into this liquidity right here, push up. But we also know that based on this area here, uh, this is where sellers, looking left too, this is where sellers are going to step in and try to make a big big hammer, like hammer it lower. Yeah. <clears throat> and there's no coincidence that this prior support broke down as resistance and it's trying to do the same thing now but what's unique to it this time looking across the chart is that the liquidity coming in based on the wicks is sellers right now there's some proof that buyers are coming into the market um but we and it's just purely on the size of the wicks here like if you you'll just look through the wicks and go in general that the wicks heading down are, are longer than the wicks heading up yeah, or even yeah. yeah, or even and the direction as well that goes with it, right? And something like yeah. this, you see a succession of them here too. So let's take a look at this little box right here. Right, we had buyers stepping in. Why do we have buyers stepping in? Let's get to the left. Makes sense. Pre previous resistance turned to support. Okay, if you were a buyer. You're looking at this level like, okay, based off what I did last time, I took price up here. Yeah. Let's give it another shot. The who's, you know, the who's bank account's bigger battle happens right here. And this is our advantage to reading candlesticks um, is we got, we have wicks, you know. Um, we see clear as day sellers coming in. Just clear as day. Yeah. Hmm all in this area. So this gives you your sign that, okay, the sellers are taking over, right? But again, you do, you, you're going to have, you're going to have a fight all the way through here. And I'm just uh, really basing that off of these, off of the, this wicks, these wicks, because they tell you exactly what's going on, like exactly. And then a, like, I'm not a big candle pattern trader, but, you know, this candle opened up very bullish, right? But this was also support, right? Because it shot price higher. 
yeah this confirms it's flipped to resistance right so yeah yourself you know and that's the thing too you have to work also work out if you want to trade with a stop if you don't want to trade with a stop or how big you, you want your stop to be but in areas like this this is where the lower time frame comes in handy so when you trigger your short right and this is this is a good short for two three hours like four hours right i'm immediately thinking where's my trade going to be in trouble right right here yep right right here i say okay cool my trade's in trouble because we penet we penetrate the level and when we penetrate it this is where buyers start stepping in right right and okay yeah it's just the mentality and then because the thing is because there would you would you sort of think like yeah when it sort of breaks that level Mm -hmm. you've at that point you're sort of thinking oh maybe it's um maybe it's heading south it's going to carry on south why would we not be thinking that because we don't know i don't know right i know that based on what happened right here on this side of the chart yeah but this is this is buyer's territory right again when you when you're looking at order flow and shit like that like you see you like you see buyers stepping in at levels where they had they had the advantage and that just repeats over and over again we just have to interpret the candles the right way if that's how we're trading um because we can see, like we can see right and so the the we can see the dynamics of the market right here because we don't dip all the way back into a zone, right? The market just creates a new area of liquidity. So you would wait for the sort of new wicks to form below before you would make a decision, basically. Like So, so that zone we drew before, mm-hmm. that was uh, just above that smaller zone there, you would have it broke it and you would have wait, waited for some sort of other confirmation. I'll draw it again. So yeah. this is my thinking. If I catch this somewhere in here, right? My goal is always to catch it somewhere in here. Yep. And if I catch it in here and we break this down, because I know this is a little weaker now, right? I, I understand that just based off of order flow and people are going to get out the way. Um, and it's going with the overall flow of the market too. So it's a high probability. I'm not trying to call the market to the pip. I'm deciding, okay, cool. I'm probably going to get out right here because the volatility is going to come in yep. somewhere in here, right? And I don't want to be caught in the volatility. I want the, I want the smooth sailing. <laughs> it, and why, why wouldn't it be caught on the previous swing low? The one, sorry, the one earlier than the one you just pointed out for later. So move across a little bit towards the uh, left yeah, and towards the right a bit now. That that swing low there, why would it not stop there? Why would you take it to the next one? Because this, this was the catalyst that kind of started this. Ah, okay. And a lot of now, times when you have two zones this close together, Price is going to go for the lower one. Right. Okay. 
I don't know why. It's that's what yeah. I found in back testing. When you got two of them just close together, price is gonna go for the lower of the two. This is just too obvious. This is too obvious. Yep. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And so oh. I use this one and then it just kind of barrels through and it's gonna suck in sellers, right? And it worked. <laughs> it yep. really worked. Because oh my god, engulfing candle. Ah oh, shit, no, not engulfing <laughs> anything. You know? It works. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then you can confidently play the other side because let's leave this here and then we see resistance here right we see this candle but we're in a really tight range and typically when I see this because this candle open bearish and you get this push up that signals to me that the liquidity right here is really strong. Um, so again, you can you can play the break right before it happens. And a lot of times I do, I'll play the break before it happens just based off what's going on over in this zone. Because also I know that a lot of people are thinking, oh my God, bear flag, you know? Yeah. Um, and just statistically, they don't pan out too much. Um, but we get a perfect retest. And we're off, right? I personally would have gotten out. Let's get rid of this. And this. Like right here, right? Because we see this and we just pull back, right? Because it's resistance based off what happened here. We get that same kind of behavior here. But we get another injection another injection so you got two choices you can say oh i think it's going to break and trade it or you can wait for it to break hold above this level target the next level this zone right here didn't stand a chance this zone right here just got hammered through but again we have two close together i always go at the higher one okay but, but yeah, yeah, yeah. just like we were talking about yep that's the. I think that's the beauty of candlestick trading, is if you read them how they were intended to be read, you can be accurate a high, a high amount of times, like insane amount of times. Because um, again, it's been fuck. My last loss was like two weeks ago, and it was two point six pips. <laughs> I, I know it's amazing to me, but and how, how many positions would you have taken? It depends. If I'm confident, 10, 15, if I'm confident, if I'm not, sorry, sorry. How many, um, I mean, how many, um, uh, trades? Cause I know you have multiple, sorry, you've got multiple positions on mm-hmm. one trade. How many trades in that two week period would you have taken? <laughs> it's absurd, Cam. It's a couple hundred. It, de- it depends, right? Because it's typically two to three trades per session, but when you break down, <laughs> when you break it down, <laughs> when I get my broker statement, it's, it just goes like this. Cause you, but you place, like, if you're placing a trade, you might have five pos- different positions on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how many of those trading opportunities have, do you reckon you've taken in the last couple of weeks? Because it's, it's based on the opportunities, right? Cause yes. So yeah. I look for two... I, I, I look for one good one per session. If I get one good trade per session, I'm done. Like to, today, I got two before London even opened. Um, Frank, I got two at Frankfurt. So it's like, cool, I'm not going to deal with London, even though I should have 
fought right here because it was clear as day, clear as day. Um, but that's overtrading for me. Yeah. Actually, it's not because that'd be my third. Anywho, because my trading that's <laughs> for two to three trades a trading session, and yeah. I've kind of dialed it down to two. Um, but maybe four to five trades a day total, and then you multiply that out by what five, so twenty-five trades a week. Okay. Um, so one out of twenty-five, but then you've got two hundred odd puts, <laughs> actual trades on there. Yeah. So, but so your one is so your one that went negative two was that. Did all of them hit I that negative two? Or? I should have held it. But was that all the positions on that particular trade or just one of those positions? It was, so I started off with three. Yeah. Um, I remember that one specifically because I wasn't confident. And I should have held it because it went one micro pip lower and shut up. Oh, right. Yeah, I didn't trust my analysis like a dumbass. But you, so you canceled one of the three and you left the I other two in? Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I canceled all of them. I was like, yeah, I'm wrong. And I, I like to know I'm wrong quickly, like very quickly. Yeah. Um, so you got 200 and 200 trades. You got three wrong. So you're 197 out of 200. It's pretty. Yeah, the accuracy has been crazy, but pretty good. I'm just trying to keep it in perspective. I'm, I'm trying yeah. to keep it. I'm trying to keep it as I'm just executing. I'm just executing. I'm just executing. And I'm going to sit on my hands until I see an opportunity. Like this was an opportunity, but I mean, shit, I did 20% between Frankfurt and now, so there's no need for me to take another trade. Yeah. If that makes any sense. So. Yeah, yeah. And so this opportunity here, where put your mouse where you would have entered or thought you would have entered? I probably would have entered right on the touch. I Like a bearish run here, yeah. I would have blindly traded this because yeah. this doesn't signify to me reversal. This signifies to me that there's possibly some further room to the upside but again, I'm only taking maybe five or six pips. Daily's pushing up. So I'm comfortable taking that trade at that yeah. point. Very yeah. comfortable. Cool. I think, um, I mean, oh, yeah, sorry, the other thing I was going to ask was, yeah. uh, so on this one here, would you actually dive into the lower time frames or, uh-huh. you, yeah, just to get a better, yeah. but you'd always, you'd always be sort of, your mind would always be on the higher time frame. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I, I, and this comes up in my back testing, I oftentimes make the mistake of just staring at the five minute chart. Yeah, that's what I struggle with as well. Like just flat out in love with this, and I have to just, I have to look up every so often and say, "Shit, I'm on a five minute chart. Let me go to the hourly. What's that telling me?" Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, don't get caught up. Like oh, that's 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 what I get. That's what that's what's been happening. I've been getting get the, all the sort of top down stuff, and I'm feeling pretty good. And I might have a few good trades, and then all of a sudden, I'm on the one minute chart like machine gun fire for about half an hour, and I'm like, "What am I doing? Well, I haven't even gone up to. I haven't checked any other time frame in like fifteen twenty minutes or something." Yeah, and <laughs> and then I'm like wondering why I'm. I've just shot myself on the foot. And you look at the hours, you're like, shit, I should have really been playing the other side. And yeah. that was one of the, that was one of the main tweaks I made too. And I keep forgetting to tell people that is, um, don't, don't stare. You should be, I know I have to constantly say, I know if I enter on the five or the one minute that I should probably manage my trade on the 15. Right. 
And if I'm managing on the 15, I'm going to peek over at the hourly and see if it's still heading my way. Or even the four hour. Oh, look at that wick. That's beautiful. Some major liquidity right here. But it could fail. We'll see. Hello. So yeah, man, that's that's it. Don't don't get too caught up on on, on, on the small time frames. That's that's hard. That's really hard. But pick a time frame to enter and pick a time frame to manage your trade on. Um and then just kind of keep going and going and going, making sure you're going with the overall flow. If you're gonna if you're gonna go counter trend, look for at least five standard pips to counter trend. Um maybe even less. You can make a good you can make a good amount of money off of three to four standard pips. So yeah. and I think that's where I've been struggling, eh? Because I've been looking at I've been, you know, holding on for twenty, twenty-five, thirty at times and looking for forty. And so, and this is, you know, not necessarily trading the, yeah, the one hour. Number, you just don't know it. Yeah, I think that's probably what it is. Um, <laughs> I, think I'd be, I think I'd be happier if I was. I think I'd be happier. So, let's do this. Practice this on your back testing. Yeah, I think look, I'm going to add that one in. Look for five standard pips. And by no means am I telling you to do this on your live account. No, Make don't a- worry. It's, it's annihilated, so... <laughs> I've got. I'd have to fund it. <laughs> Look for an opportunity to get, um, maybe two to three positions at five standard pips. Right. Look That's what I'm gonna try. And once you get comfortable, up at the five. Right. Once you get yep. up at the ten. Um, I mean, shit. There's there were some on my on my Euro USD short last week that I held. That, that was actually the longest trade I've ever held. I was. About seventy five percent margin short. Pretty insane. Oh, seventy five percent of your margin mm-hmm. oh, was on the trade. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. The daily <laughs> broke down. The daily broke down really nice. Was that when you were one hundred and twenty pips and took the profit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Daily broke down really nice. What was it at? Because you're taking you're taking the majority off at five, hadn't you? And then mm-hmm. you just left one running. Yep. Um, it's 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 really? quite funny. Like this robot that I had running earlier on the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what worked, but it just, it just did. And it would um it would only if it broke eight pips about probably ten percent of the time, it would mm-hmm. run to one hundred and fifteen sure. or one hundred and ten pips profit if it broke eight and then you move stop loss to zero. Wow. Yeah. So, which is just weird. And it was such a simple strategy. It was, um, yeah. And then I, I, I turned it off because I just got screwed over on a, on a weekend gap. I should probably re relook at it again, but I hate those weekend gaps. <laughs> yeah. They are stupid. But yeah, essentially I caught the support flip to resistance on the daily and, I was like, yeah, this is going to be a pretty solid short. So I just went all in. I went all in on that one. And that's why I didn't trade actively uh, that Thursday or Friday. There was no point. Because anything over that for me, it's like my ego gets in there. It's like, yes, I'm a trading god. <laughs> you know? And I can't handle that. And I looked at right here to expect some volatility to come into the market. Yeah. Right here because this was the catalyst of this. This was my exact analysis. Exit here. Exit here. 
because it's going to get volatile. Yep. And I just stuck, I just stuck to it. But, man, I, it looks like, ew. We better, we better wrap this up, fella, because you're going to get tired soon. It must be um, it's awfully... I'm a machine. <laughs> I'm a machine. Yeah, I know, but I need to stay hydrated because that was one of the issues that had me in the ER was I was dehydrated. Oh, really? Oh, dear. Yeah. So feeling all right now? Huh? You feeling all right now? I feel 100%. I oh, good. 100%, good. So I feel good. So this is, this is, this, so we're going to have this video up for the pro members cool. of. 52 traders and everyone else um, you're probably listening to this audio sort of missing parts of the, the pieces of the puzzle that Andres has been talking about so if you don't want to watch it then uh, jump on board as a pro member and you get this one and all the other uh, episodes that are under the pro membership as well and obviously you can uh, you can join up for Andres mentorship on 52traders.com forward slash mentor or no, actually, yeah, I think it's forward slash mental or forward slash Andre, and uh, and I think we've got ten spots opened up uh, now that the first fifty were filled and everyone's underway. And you know, you can see him; he's he's got time for to give me a one on one here, uh, and and other guys. Um, we've got some videos actually. There's quite a few videos in the in the drive now um, that the guys have got access to. And not just videos on execution, but we've got a variety of things. I mean, you had your mentors in there this week, which was great. So all about psychology. Um, so yes, it's uh, it's amazing. And then we've got um, we've got uh, oh, are we allowed to say who we've got in the in the group? I don't know. Um, why not? Yeah, he's okay. up with analysis. So yeah. So we got da- Daniel Chung from uh, I can't remember what episode he's, he was, but something. Dan, I love you. If you see this, like a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> so Dan Dan was on the show way back, probably in two thousand and maybe in two thousand and sixteen, and yeah, since then, that. yeah, yeah. Since then, he's like I didn't know Andre knew him, but Andre's sort of like yeah, Nick and Dan, and I'm like oh, you know Dan, you met Dan, and uh, I hadn't I hadn't chatted to Dan until. Uh, until just a couple of days ago when he joined the, well, not a couple of days, probably a week or so ago when he first joined the group. And then again, and now he's, he's put a prediction up today for UJ. Uh, so, yeah, it's two for the price of one, guys, <laughs> at the moment. It's like you get, a, get an Andre and you get a Jack Dan, you get 252 oh, traders. Amazing. Two of the 52, you got yeah, 15 more to get. <laughs> amazing. Cool. Well, look, let's, um, let's wrap up the recording there and uh, and we'll, we'll zip it up and get it up on the on well, the side for the guys. I'll load it up in the, in the drive and you should you should have it. Right, guys, if you stuck to the end of that, well done. If you're a pro member, jump on the site and you'll get access to the video. If you're not, jump on there, you'll get access to all the links that we talked about in the show. We talked about the backtesting software. We talked about the link to, I'll put a link up to the, uh, to the golf is not a game of perfect, the Facebook page, the Swannies. And also, uh, don't forget the market predictions as well. So if you want to hear what these guys, 13 expert traders, think the market's going to do in this month, we have got Bitcoin in there as well. And we will have currency traders, uh, sorry, we will have cryptocurrency traders coming up on the show soon as well. So guys, a lot going on there at 52 Traders. Check it all out on the site now.